I am excited this week on the podcast for the common good to welcome Michael Dukakis. Michael was the 1988 Democratic presidential candidate, as well as the governor of Massachusetts for many years. Michael and his wife, Kitty, well known for decades of public service, for building collaboration, finding consensus, reaching across the aisle. And we need that in our day and age to find common ground with one another. He shares some of his strategies over the years that he's used, as well as talking about the current election that we find ourselves in today. It's a fascinating conversation, and I cannot wait to have you join us. My name is Tim Gatos, the host of the podcast for The Common Good, so please listen in. As I was saying before, the the podcast for The Common Good is designed to tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. And, you know, I think of, I think of someone when I, when I think of this and I think of someone who has a, an amazing legacy, I think of, of you, Governor Dukakis, I mean, for, for so many years, you have given your life and heart to public service. And I think of the amazing legacy you have and, if you wouldn't mind just talking a few minutes around how how today in the, in today's day and age we can when when so often we get blocked and so often it, it doesn't seem like maybe there's a way forward and and you have such a great track record of consensus building you know what is what are we missing today in in today's society in in today's day and age how can we move forward when it seems like so often um, we're, is there a way forward? Well, I think a lot of the problem is largely national. It's not that folks at the state and local level are better or uh, less contentious, but for whatever reason, remember we have 50 state governments. We've got hundreds, thousands of local governments with people working their heads off all over the country to make life better for themselves and their fellow citizens. And that's happening. Now we've got some serious problems we're going to deal with. Um, Some of them are obviously environmental. Uh, The whole climate change issue is a big one. But um, notwithstanding some dissent in Washington, by and large, the vast majority of Americans recognize the problem and think we ought to do something about it. And so at the state and local level, a good deal is happening here um, in many, many ways. And uh, and it's beginning to work, although we obviously have a tough deadline ahead of us and, and uh, we've got to work at it. Would it be better if we had some national leadership? Yes, but 50 state governments, hundreds, thousands of local governments can do a lot and they're working hard to do so. Uh, now, let's hope at some point here we can change the national atmosphere. But in the meantime, it's not as if we're on dead center because Washington isn't working very well. Uh, all these other governments and all these good people who are, in most cases, unpaid, working hard, old elective office, uh, trying to serve their communities, uh, are doing great work. And that's something that ought to make us feel good even while we're dealing with this national situation. 
What do you what do you see happening at the national level? What's your assessment of what's happening and and how we got here? Well, obviously the president is a factor, <laughs> and without getting into um, him and his issues, um, one doesn't get the sense that uh, he understands this process, mm-hmm. uh, and it keeps getting him into big trouble. Right. Uh, but there are good people in Washington on both sides of the aisle. And um, remarkably, they are working together on some issues. But it is very disruptive when you have a situation like the one we have where there's a kind of battle every day over something. Um, And you can't blame people for being dismayed by this. Because it happens every single day. Now, I'm not an expert on how to handle presidents, needless to say. I tried to get there unsuccessfully. but um, A valiant effort, that is I for think, sure. I think the job of all of us is to do everything we can to reach out, to look for common ground, to bring people together. And uh, that is happening a lot across the country. Mm-hmm. Just not so much in Washington. I recently saw this animation that Business Insider did where they drew lines between D's and R's and they showed how um, they were con- how they've been connected and if they're connected now in the U.S. House of Representatives going back all the way to the 50s, starting with the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, so on and so forth. And and. And they drew lines when how they were connected, how they worked on issues and legislation. And it was interesting seeing this animation where now it, this, the lines, as the years went on, slowly disappeared. And now disappeared. there's almost yeah. no lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've never served directly in Washington, tried to unsuccessfully. Um, but my strong view... And and my what I would urge people to do in Washington is to do essentially what Dan Evans and I were talking about. A uh, couple of governors, um, I think, with a broad philosophical base. Yeah, he was a Republican, I was a Democrat, but um, we agreed on many things. And frankly, I think when you bring people together and sit them down and begin having a discussion, it turns out that a lot of these so-called differences uh, just don't exist. Um, and I'm not the guy to blame the press. I've got two members of my family who are professional journalists. Uh, but um, there's a lot more agreement out there than disagreement. And uh, I don't know whether we can persuade our friends in the press to start talking about that uh, or not, but... Um, it's it's positive, it's uh, constructive, and in my opinion, it ought to be news. You said something in our conversation where you, as you get to know someone and you build a relationship, there's been many times for you, you've realized, okay, this <laughs> this person is a pretty good person here, and, and we actually have way more in common than, than I thought. Yeah. And it seems like yeah. today's day and age, and is that, you know, with the rise of social media, everyone's got a megaphone and, and the short news cycle, it's almost hard to get to a place where we can 
we can get there and realize, hey, as human beings, maybe we actually want a lot of the same things. Yeah, we disagree about how we get there, but can we at least get to a place where we agree, man, we want healthcare for people, right? We want we don't want people living on the streets. I mean, certain core issues that as human beings we should all desire. Right. Right. Is well, that is that possible? Uh, I think that's the reality. And the challenge for political leadership, it seems to me, Tim, is to bring that out to uh, emphasize it, to uh, work with it, to put working groups together, to bring people together of different different uh, approaches and attitudes, and uh, using one's what little bit of authority that you have in political office, uh, use your you, use your office to. To, to facilitate those gathering, bring, gatherings, bringing them together, staff them with good people. It's so important to have good people staffing these groups. And uh, you'll be surprised at what comes out of it. Hmm. Really surprised. Governor, you're, you're backing Elizabeth Warren. Is that is that correct? Or I am, yeah. How do, how do you feel like she's doing? What's your assessment? Well, of- she's, she's having some problems. I think... Uh, uh, the handling of the Medicare and healthcare issue could have been better. Uh, but look, um, you make mistakes in presidential, presidential campaigns. Uh, they're difficult. They're the toughest thing you'll ever have to try or, or do in, in political life in the United States. Um, but generally speaking, I like the field. I'm impressed with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all good able, committed people. Right. Yes. Uh, one of them will emerge as the party nominee. And uh, whoever that is is going to get as much support as Kitty and I can give them, and I hope others as well. But um, How did you feel about Hillary's whole, comments think, recently where you kind of put, she was pushing back a little bit on on Bernie and, and whether or not you know she would yeah, support him yeah. if he were the nominee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, all I can tell you is that when I ran for the presidency, I did everything I possibly could to make sure that there was a minimum of disagreement and conflict among us. We started with eight, then it was seven, then slowly uh, went went down in terms of size as, as the, the primaries evolved. But uh, on the whole, it was... Uh, it was it was positive. Uh, I got to know all of the folks that were running, admired them, respected them. Of course, many of them gone on. Joe Biden is now running again. He was to say, uh, Al Gore was one of those folks, a good guy. Um, and I think the point you make, which is that if you get to know people, um, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, you're going to like them, mm-hmm. uh, and that. The, the disagreement often is because you just don't know people. You haven't had a chance to sit down, relax, listen to them, learn from them. Uh, that's all part of the process. And uh, I like the group. Um, I just wish that they'd kind of stick to their message and not get embroiled in silly little disputes that uh, don't help anybody, frankly. And... Uh, and help only one person. That's the opposition. 
honestly, I wish politics were like you, how you have handled them and how you handled your campaign, really trying to be, be positive, keep it above the fray. I don't, I mean, I realize it's politics and people like to, you know, bring out their weapons and their knives and guns and all that. But I tell you, I don't know how much that does for, you know, the betterment of our society and our country when we just try to attack, 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 attack. And I tell you, I've got great respect, Governor, for how you have uh, gone about, uh, you know, your uh, your career and, and your campaign. I know it was, it, it came up short, probably because you you try to keep it positive, <laughs> which is the ironic thing. Well, and, 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 and that was a mistake in only one respect. Tim, look, if the other guy starts coming at you with an attack campaign, I mean, I made the decision I was not going to respond. Unfortunately, that was a mistake. I mean, you can't say nothing. Uh, now, how you, um, how you decide to deal with, with that kind of thing, how you try to keep your campaign positive even while you significantly and, and effectively blunt the other guy's attacks is, is a challenge. But um, I think it was a mistake for me to simply say, no, I'm not going to respond. Look, uh, Bush came after me on a crime issue. He was from Houston. I was from Boston. Uh, the homicide rate in Boston is one-sixth the homicide rate in Texas. Wow. Yes. They got the death penalty and we don't. What right. does that tell you? That's right. But we do have tough gun laws and we enforce them. Mm-hmm. And Massachusetts today has the lowest homicide rate in America. Wow. Best in the country. Wow. Uh, and we're supposed to be a liberal state. We don't have the death penalty and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I never said that. And that was kind of dumb to tell you the truth because, I mean, if the other guy is going to attack you on this stuff, you've got to have a good, solid response and uh and i think you can do that without necessarily uh getting down in the sand pile pile like a couple of kids and throwing sand at each other right you can can do it and do it effectively well governor i certainly you have even kind of quote unquote post career i mean you're continuing to uh, pour into young people pour into your community the community you've lived in uh your whole life, uh, same neighborhood, same house. I mean, that is, uh, so rare today's age, um, to continue on, to pour into the next generation and tell us a little bit about just why you're doing that and your heart behind that. Well, if you live, I, I don't think I'm unusual in this respect, Jim. If you love your profession, mine is public service, needless to say in politics, but if, if you love your profession, whether you're a doctor or a teacher or a business person or whatever, I think there's a natural instinct as you get older and get experience to share whatever wisdom you've developed over the course of your life with young people and to work with them and encourage them to pursue some similar kinds of, uh, of goals. And uh, one of the reasons that I love teaching is because uh, I'm working with young people great ones, let me tell you. I mean, we're in an interesting kind of way. All of this uproar that we're going through is producing a lot of young people who want to do public service. And uh, two of my UCLA students are now in Congress. Wow. Um, Both, by the way, Mexican-American, who've been elected recently. That is beautiful. And uh, I I don't know whether I'm responsible in any way for this, 
I hope their experience in the classroom with me was a, was a good one. Sure sounds like but, it. But um, to have these young people now serving the Congress of the United States is, is a wonderful thing. And I have now hundreds and hundreds of former students who are out there doing great things at, at every level. So it's a, it's a great source of satisfaction to be able to do that and to see them thrive and, and grow and, and uh, become important public leaders. It's an gr- amazing and, legacy. Uh, I'll try to keep doing it until somebody taps me on the shoulder and tells me it's time to quit. (laughs) So far, that hasn't happened. (laughs) You know, you said something to me that I thought was just so, um, I don't think I've, I just have never heard anyone say, and I thought it was so, it was just so admirable when I, you're coming up here for the summit to Seattle. And and I said, Hey, um, I've got this flight for you. And, and it's the, the, the 12 o'clock, I want to, I want to get you into first class, make sure you're comfortable. It's the 12 o'clock flight. And you said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm a Democrat. I don't fly first class. You know, just put us, we're in coach. Right. And that, well, I'll tell you a story. I didn't tell you that at that moment as well. <clears throat> when we, when we get on the plane from Boston, people, a lot of people know us obviously. And oftentimes a flight attendant will come up and say, look, we got, you know, we got some seats up in first class and, would love to move you up there. And uh, I will always say in a loud voice so my fellow passengers can hear an economy, that's okay, we're Democrats, we'll stay in economy. <laughs> and usually gets a laugh, but there was a guy <laughs> behind me once, Tim, who heard this and after the laugh died down, he said to the flight attendant, look, I'm a Democrat, but if you got a seat up there, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, but that's, that's the fun of the whole thing. Well, that is that. That's a that's the kind of sentiment I think we need in 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 today's country. Um, that we're constantly looking for, looking out for others. Ser- that's a that's a servant leadership, in my opinion. Um, that we're looking for the betterment of others. It's not about that we need more and I need more, but to really um, look for ways to um, you know pour out into others and. Just really appreciate that. And look, it's great fun. I mean, it makes life so much more worthwhile and so much more interesting and, and meaningful. And and uh, any of us who do this uh, um, don't need any praise. Believe me, we just do it because we love doing it. Um, love to see things get better. And, and over the course of my lifetime, I've seen things get enormously better. In this country, do we still have work to do? Yes. Do we still have work internationally? No question about it. I mean, the current international situation is is really really terrible. I mean, it's just. I mean, what are we what are we doing? Spending nine hundred billion dollars on weapons of war, for heaven's sake, mm. when we haven't got transit systems that can work. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to spend more than the next fourteen countries combined, including Russia and China, and the military to make sure America is safe. And, and so much of this could be going into important uh, domestic needs, which, which just aren't being filled. So, um, you know, we don't need any thanks. It's just a question of continuing to organize, bring people together and seeing if we can't make this a better world, mm. a more peaceful world and a world where, uh, we can deal, for example, with, with, uh, dangerous epidemics instead of spending all this money on weapons of war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a, 
slight connection, Governor. My my father was with uh, Robert Kennedy um, when he was just tragically uh, assassinated back at the Ambassador Hotel. He was actually he was a reporter with uh, with with Kennedy and traveling with him on his um, pursuit of the presidency. And and you've got obviously um, some gr- uh, great connections with that family and and um, Jack Kennedy was a mentor to you I, I just any reflections on the relationship that you have with with uh, the family and and as you think about over the years what what they've meant to you well a remarkable group unfortunately right now we've got a bit of a problem because young Joe's running against uh, Ed Markey who's a very close friend and colleague of mine and I'm not very happy about that, but um, they were and are an amazing family. Um, no question that uh, John Kennedy's candidacy and, and service was an incredibly important in, inspiration to so many of my generation. Um, born in my hometown, his birthplace within a half a mile walk of our house. Um, makes a great, uh, a great and important thing. But I think my relationship with with Ted um, was most important of all. I mean, I was governor; he was United States senator. Um, remarkable guy, and uh, a joy to work with. A joy to work with, mm-hmm. and uh, I still miss him. Yeah, I still miss him. He was a voice of reason and. Sometimes what becomes a pretty confusing world and uh, just very special. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Think of one one other piece of inspiration and courage, and maybe I'll just close with close with this. You know, my wife and I were really inspired um, by your wife. We had the pleasure of we had dinner with you here in Seattle at our dear friend Nelson's place, and and just. And heard um, just the inspiring story of of Kitty, and we 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 continue to talk about that of just how well, inspired I'm, we were I'm by delighted. her. You know, she's been having some health problems and struggling a bit with them. And we're both in our eighties now, so it's not as if we're spring chickens. But um, her own battle with mental health and uh, her ability to connect with folks on that issue uh, is, is pretty remarkable and uh, I'm very proud of her and um, glad that you had an opportunity to meet her, but uh, she's saving lives every day out there, Tim. And yeah. It's, it's so important. Well, we it's heard so the testimony important. at that dinner from folks, you know, who have, uh, as you know, who have been saved by that, who've, um, yeah. and yeah. so I just yeah. really appreciate her, her courage. There's nothing better than life convulsive therapy, and Kitty's an example of it. And people say to me, you know, all the time, you know, she's, we're really proud of the fact that she's so courageous. And I say to them, look, she doesn't think she's courageous. Uh, she had severe mental illness. This is a treatment that solved the problem and uh, has been enormously helpful to her. And she's one of those people that wants to share that mm-hmm. and see if it'll help others. And yeah. Again, that's another example, it seems to me, of the kind of thing that we should be doing all the time. It's powerful. Powerful. 
Okay. Well, well thanks for joining Seattle. us. Hey, appreciate it so much, Governor. Great. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you.